Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 and 11 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. God's people were in the wilderness. The Israelites were gathered around Mount Sinai, and they were in the presence of the Lord, the Almighty, Holy Maker of heaven and earth, their Redeemer. Only a few months earlier, God's people had been in Egypt, slaves in Egypt, in chains in Egypt, oppressed in Egypt, under the heavy hand of Pharaoh. In their distress, they cried out to the Lord. God heard the groaning of his people. And we're told this in Exodus, Exodus chapter 2, verse 24, God remembered his covenant. He heard and he remembered. He remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He remembered his covenant with their descendants, now slaves in Egypt. And what is a covenant? Well, besides the, the name of this church, it is a key term in the scriptures. And at its heart, a covenant is a relationship, one of love where God promises to be the God of his people forever, where he promises that his people will be his people forever. It's a relationship that is initiated by God and rests on God, rests on his love, his promise, his faithfulness, his word. Therefore, it is unbreakable. God remembered his covenant, and he acted. The Lord sent Moses and freed his people from slavery, brought them out of Egypt, saved them. And now, now they were gathered around Mount Sinai, free, free, and in the presence of their Savior. And the Lord was making covenant with them. And not that this was a new covenant, not that this covenant took the place of the one that God had already made with them. No, the covenant with Abraham was unbreakable. They were his people. But here God is deepening that covenant, strengthening that covenant, offering a way for his people to keep that covenant, to show that they belong to him, namely through the law, the Ten Commandments, the other rules and statutes that God had spoken and Moses had written down. When well, our passage today, God's people are entering that covenant, confirming that covenant, claiming that covenant as their own. And how do they do it? Meeting with God. Now, another word for that is worship. For that's what worship is, God meeting with his people. Now, as the worship leader, Moses rose early in the morning and, and he built an altar. At the foot of Mount Sinai, Moses constructed an altar and 12 pillars. 
The altar represented the Lord, and the pillars or columns represented Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel. And the the image here, the image is, is God in the midst of his people, God present with his people. The altar was also the place of sacrifice. And we are told that that oxen were offered to the Lord as a burnt offering, as a peace offering. Why? Well, they were offered as a sacrifice for sin, an atonement for sin. God's people were about to meet with God. They were about to enter into the presence of God. And he is righteous. He is holy. And they were not. God's people gathered around Mount Sinai were just like any other people, any other person who has ever lived, just like you and just like me, sinful with hearts corrupted by sin. If failing to live as God desires, failing to live as God desires in, in thought, word, and deed. A righteous and holy God cannot abide by sin. And so sin separates you from God. Sin creates a chasm between you and God. And the only way to overcome this separation, the only way to overcome the chasm, the only way to enter into God's presence to meet with God is that sin be paid for. Atonement be made. Life given. So the oxen were sacrificed. The blood drained for the blood represented life. And Moses threw half the blood on the altar to cover the people's sins, for the forgiveness of sin, so they could enter the presence of this holy God and meet with him. Well, listen again to verse seven. Verse seven from our Exodus passage. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. As they met with the Lord, Moses read God's law, for that's what the book of the covenant was. God spoke his commandments. God spoke his rules, and Moses wrote them down. Now he is reading God's word to his people. This is worship. The reading of God's word is worship. It's meeting with God. And through the reading of God's word, the covenant is made known. In in, in fact, God's people heard it twice in our passage. Once to know what they were getting into and twice to confirm it. Now, we we see this practice today in another covenant-confirming worship service, a wedding. Now, in a wedding, in the first part of the wedding, at least the weddings that that I do, I always ask the bride and the groom this question. Understanding that God has created, ordered, and blessed the covenant of marriage, do you affirm your desire and intention to enter this covenant? In other words, I ask, do you know what you're getting into? Do you understand the covenant that you're about to enter? And then later in the service, I ask the marriage vows. And it's in the vows that the covenant is confirmed. Well, God's people heard it twice. 
But the truth is, God's word needs to be heard over and over and over again. We need to hear God's word over and over and over again. Why? Because we forget. We forget God. We forget what he desires. We forget who we are. And that's, that's why every time we gather together to meet with God, every time we gather together to worship, we hear his word read and explained. And that's preaching. And the word is primary and the word is always primary. Preaching should be under the word. Preaching should serve to help you understand the word. And whenever God's word is read, a response is required. A response is called for. Now, that response could be a number of responses. That response could be faith, belief. It could be a deepening of the faith. It could be growth and discipleship. That response could be conviction, conviction of sin and, and repentance. Or that response could be rejection, rejection of God's word. So how do God's people respond in our passage? Faith. They respond to God's law in faith. They respond to the covenant in faith. Listen again to the end of verse seven from Exodus 24. All that the Lord has spoken, we will do and we will be obedient. So in other words, God's people respond by, yes, we will do it. Yes, we will follow the Lord. Yes, we will keep the covenant. And then we're told Moses took the rest of the blood, the blood of the sacrifice, and he threw it on the people. This sealed the covenant in blood. The covenant was sealed in blood, showing that God's covenant was not a trivial matter. God's covenant was not a light matter, but a life and death matter. But this blood also showed something else grace. This was also the blood of forgiveness. This was the blood of atonement. God's people were covered by it. They needed it. And God knew they would need it. God knew they would not keep the covenant. God knew they could not keep the law. They could not keep his commands because that would require keeping them all and keeping them all perfectly, perfectly in thought, in word, in deed. And God's people would disobey. They would sin. That's, that's the entire story of the Old Testament. And their sin would require sacrifice. Their sin would require blood on the altar again and again and again in order to meet with the Lord. Because they would sin again and again and again. But that's not just the Israelite story. It's our story as well. It's your story. It's my story. We sin again and again and again. When you fail to love, you sin. And your sin separates you from this holy and righteous God, creates a chasm between you and the Lord of heaven and earth. You cannot meet with him. You cannot enter his presence. Sin must be paid for. Life is required. 
Sacrifice is required. Blood is required. But no longer from oxen or goats or lambs. Why? Because Jesus has come. The Son of God has come. He offered himself, his life, his blood for you, for forgiveness, for atonement, for your sin on the cross. Jesus' sacrifice covers your sin, and it is a once-for-all sacrifice. It doesn't need to happen over and over and over again as it did for God's people in the Old Testament because all those sacrifices pointed to Jesus, and he has come. And by his death, the separation is overcome. The chasm is removed. You can meet with God. You can enter his presence. You can enter the covenant through Jesus. Well, our New Testament reading was from Matthew's gospel. And in it, Jesus was having his last supper with his disciples, his last supper with his followers. And it's a Passover meal. So Jesus with his followers, they're remembering and they're celebrating God's salvation. They're remembering and they're celebrating all the events of Exodus. And listen again to Jesus's words in verse 27 from Matthew chapter 26. Jesus says, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. The blood of of the covenant. Jesus is the sacrifice, but he also kept the covenant. He kept God's law. He kept it perfectly. And in turn, he opens up this covenant to you through Jesus, through his death. You can enter relationship with God. He is your God forever. He is your father, your faithful father forever. You are his forever. You are his child, his son, his daughter forever. And this covenant, this covenant that Jesus opens up, this covenant that Jesus invites you in, this covenant rests on God, rests on his love, his promise, his faithfulness, his word, which means it's unbreakable. Do you hear the good news? Do you hear the gospel? This is God's word, and it's it's a life and death matter. It's a life and death matter that requires a response. Do you believe? Have you entered this covenant? Are you a child? of God. If you are, do you see the assurance that Jesus Christ gives you? If you do, are you walking in faithfulness with your Lord? Well, this covenant in Jesus is sealed. This covenant in Jesus is sealed, not by blood, not by blood like in our Exodus reading, but by water the water of baptism. 
baptism is a sign. Baptism is a water washing that points to the washing you receive in Jesus, the cleansing of sin by his blood through faith. So when you are beset by sin, when you are struggling with sin, remember your baptism. Remember that Jesus cleanses you. Or when you are struggling in life, when you're struggling with sorrow, when you're struggling with hurt or despair or worry, remember your baptism. Through Jesus, you belong to God. And the covenant is unbreakable. Well, God's people were sealed in the covenant by blood and they were sealed in the covenant another way. Listen again to verse 11 from our Exodus passage. They beheld God and ate and drank. Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, Aaron's sons and 70 elders went up the mountain. They ascended Mount Sinai and there we are told they saw God. They beheld the Lord of heaven and earth and they ate and they drank in his presence. The covenant was sealed through a meal. And so it is in Jesus. When you enter God's covenant through faith, faith in Jesus, faith in him as Lord, faith in him as Savior, this covenant is sealed through a meal. A meal that Jesus himself instituted, a meal that Jesus himself commanded on the night that he was betrayed the Lord's Supper, communion. It's a meal where we remember how that covenant was made. And we remember through signs, the signs of bread and the cup, signs that we can see, smell, touch, taste, signs that point to Jesus's death, his sacrifice, his his blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. And when you take the signs, when you take the bread and the cup, it is a sign of your faith that you have entered God's covenant in Jesus. And eating this meal confirms the covenant. It seals the covenant. It shows that you have a heavenly father forever, that you are his child forever. And it's unbreakable. And just like God's people on Mount Sinai, God is present in this meal. Jesus Christ is present in this meal and he's present through his spirit. Eat and drink and behold God. In Exodus 24, the Israelites meet with God, they worship God and they confirm the covenant. But the service of worship is a prototype for Christian worship. It's a prototype for for meeting with God in Jesus Christ. And central to worship is the word of God, for it's through the word that we learn of God's covenant, God's covenant in Jesus Christ. And we are sealed in that covenant through baptism, and we are sealed in that covenant through a meal, the Lord's Supper, word and sacrament, both pointing to Jesus the once-for-all sacrifice for sin. Thanks be to God. 
Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi.